Just wherever you are, just please, just close your eyes. Because as our scripture for this morning, it's Matthew 16, but I want you just to listen to it in that attitude of worship. Allow the Spirit of God to apply this to your life, whether you've been a Christian for decades or weeks. We still have that same question to answer. And it's when Jesus, in Matthew 16, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Question. They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And then Jesus says, what about you? What about you? Who do you say that I am? A question which comes and confronts each and every one of us this morning. Who do you say that Jesus is? Is he your saviour? Is he one who has been faithful to you for decades, perhaps? Is he that one who has given you a change of your life story? Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, as we will answer, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And within this room this morning, we have people again, We have that confession which goes back decades. But we also have people in this room this morning whose that confession is perhaps a matter of months old. Weeks old. Because the living Jesus is still challenging people with that question. And each individual when challenged has to come forward and give an answer to that question. Who do you say that I am? And as you respond to you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God, then you can give thanks. If you cannot answer that question with that affirmative, if you are still in that place of doubt, if you are still in that place of struggling, then Jesus wants you to know, he's calling you to himself this morning. He wants you to get to that place of assurance where you can declare along with Peter, you are the Son of the living God. Father, come right now, we pray, for those of us who have known you for a significant length of time, just come and confirm that within us again, let's be warmed by your Spirit. Because as we confess Jesus as Lord, we can stand and we can identify with this when Jesus says, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. We stand on the receiving end of the revelation of heaven. When I became a Christian many years ago, I thought it was all me. I'd done it all. I'd done God a favour. And responded. And then you grow 
Time passes and you realize it was all of him. You realize that he was at work in you long before you knew. <laughs> Leading you to that point where one day he would reveal himself to you as the Savior. Jesus, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. This was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just let that settle in your spirit. And as we've been challenged already this morning, if you can't identify with that, today is the day when Jesus is saying to you, who do you say I am? And we want to speak with you, we want to help you in your walk with Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you to the music group. Go on, and give them a round of applause. Honestly, the service so well. But I want to come back as they depart the stage. You're leaving the stage now, Lorna. You are, honest. As uh, the group leave the stage I'm coming back to Matthew 16 to the second part because there are two questions Jesus asks in that one who do you say that I am sorry there's two promises and Jesus then goes on to say after he has said flesh and blood has not revealed this he says you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Now when Jesus is speaking here, he's calling people to that place of personal faith. And we know if we have personal faith, because our lives will be changed. If our lives are not changed, then we do not have personal faith. It's very, very simple. I'm sure the math, math, uh, mathematicians among us could make an equation out of this, and I was never any good of those, but I'm sure that they could make an equation out of this and get to the conclusion, this equals that, and that is eternal life, and that is the, the evidence of that is that you will live a life that has been changed by the risen Jesus. Because when Jesus comes into the life of an individual, there is fruit. There is fruit. I, I struggle with people who say they have made this confession of faith, but absolutely nothing has changed. Because when we look at the scriptural evidence, when we look at the evidence of history, we see that when Jesus breaks into the life of a person, when he is revealed to who, for who he is, that person, as they receive Jesus, there will be fruit in their lives. Now, you start where you are. You don't start way down the road. You start with the little things. And one of the first things for me was swearing. Jesus challenged me about swearing. So there were two things I was before I became a Christian. I was a good Methodist and I was a good swearer. (laughs) And, you know, they didn't quite marry up, as you can imagine. But it was becoming a Christian that made the difference. Now, I did not read something in the Bible that said, Thou shalt not swear. I didn't do that. It would have perhaps been a little bit easier had I done that. But I, in having a relationship with Jesus, He is moving you to become more like Him. 
And we begin where we are. Swearing may not have been an issue with you. But something else will have been. And there were other things, of course, that he's still working on, which, you know, my family will testify to. Perfection has not quite been reached yet. But it is scheduled for a week on Friday. So, but that things will change. And this is so important for us to realize that as people answer that question, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God, then here and now there needs to be the fruit that testifies to the living power of Jesus at work today. Whatever it is. And so as we look at the New Testament, we see lives change, lives radically changed by Jesus. And that is the church we want to be. We're all on a journey together, folks. The person sitting next to you is in as much need of change as you are. Now those who have empty seats next to them, you don't get out of that. <laughs> Millicent, you do not get out of that just because there's an empty seat beside you. We are all in need of change as Jesus challenges and changes from the inside out. And so our lives will change now. But the other thing that changes is our eternal destiny. And the older you get, perhaps the more important this is. Isn't it, Richard? You know, when we, when we, when you're, when you're in your teens and your twenties, eternity seems, you know, that life to come. It's a sort of vague promise and not so bad at all. But when you reach the age that some people are within this room, eternity beckons. But what a wonderful promise we have. That as we look to the future, there is a new heaven and a new earth, which is the destiny for every born-again follower of Jesus. We need not fear death. We may not be too keen on the process, but that's different to the destiny. Our destiny is in that nearer presence of Jesus. Revelation 21, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven, uh, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. He will dwell with them. He will be his people. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death. There will be no more mourning. There will be no more crying. There will be no more pain. For the old order of things has passed away. That is the eternal destiny of every follower of Jesus. Amen. And it is not the eternal destiny of those who are not. Oh, that's not such a popular message these days. But the reality is, we have that confidence of what is to come. There may be some unpleasant experiences to be had between now and then, but the ultimate destiny is guaranteed because Jesus is alive. And we... Our lives are hidden in him, and just as he was raised from the earth, so we will pass through to that life that is to come. And today, as we gather together, 
we declare as a community, Jesus is alive. Jesus is King of Kings. Jesus is Lord of Lords. And Jesus will return again. You see, this again is a scriptural promise. Either we die and go to be with him, or he's coming again and take us with him. So regardless, we're absolutely guaranteed an eternity with him. And each and every one of us has a story to tell of how we came to follow Jesus. Jesus says, I will build my church. And very often when this verse is preached on, people will major on the idea that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's not where I want to land this morning. I want us just to consider Jesus saying, I will build my church. And we are here today as testimony to the fact that Jesus is fulfilling that promise. We are here because Jesus, 2,000 years ago, said, I'm going to build my church. And we are here as evidence that Jesus is true to his promises. Honestly. Yes. I will build my church, said Jesus. And one of the things that we need to get our heads around, and I sometimes... I always struggle with this. (laughs) Is that Jesus will do it according to his plan and not mine. Now, you see, this is where we struggle, isn't it? Jesus' plans are very often different to ours. He does things in a way that perhaps we wouldn't. He calls people to himself and they're people we wouldn't necessarily want to be with. You find that in church. But Jesus said, I'm going to build my church and he will do it in his way. So there are many, many journeys towards Jesus. But remembering this, Jesus is the only name under heaven by which men might be saved. So I'm not talking about different ways of salvation. I'm talking about the different journeys we have towards that salvation. So for instance, those of us who are here this morning who come from Christian homes, that journey is a very different journey to those who come from an entirely non-Christian home. It's a different journey. The destination is the same, but the route is very different. For some of us, many, many people spoke into our lives to help us along the way to finding that revelation of Jesus. For others within this room, it's almost like Jesus just spoke out of heaven into their lives and they're suddenly, whoa, without any human interaction whatsoever. And so there are many, many routes to Jesus. But whatever the route, there are two things that Jesus desires. And Sally challenges about uh, one of them uh, a couple of weeks ago. About wholehearted discipleship. Being fully committed to what Jesus wants. And because she did such a good job of it, I'm not going to spend any time on that. But Jesus wants us to be wholehearted in our devotion to him. But the second thing is this, and this perhaps is a little more controversial in this day and age. The second thing Jesus desires, no matter how you've come to that place of revelation in who Jesus is, Jesus wants every follower of him to be thoroughly engaged in the life of local church. You see, one of the things we have in this day and age 
is that there is this sense of I can do it my way I don't need anyone else I certainly don't need the church that is not what Jesus reveals to us through his word he reveals to us that I will build my church I will build my assembly I will build my community and I want every follower me to be actively involved in that community there are no lone ranger Christians in the New Testament none at all The church is not a building, it's not a denomination, it's not a social club, and it's not the place where I get where I, where I get what I want. In fact, in order for church to work at all, we have to sacrifice what we want for the benefit of the good. But it's where Jesus wants each and every person to be engaged as they follow him. Because this is the place, this is a community where we should be discipled, where we will grow, where we will uh, have the rough edges knocked off us, and where people will drive us mad. Now I think church has a greater ability to drive you up the wall than the non-Christian world. I speak from many years' experience. And the reason for that is, you have a relationship within the church you don't necessarily have out there. And when you have a distant relationship, it's far more difficult for that to have a real impact. What has an impact on each and every individual in the church is a relationship within the church. Now, hands up, if another Christian, dare I say, even within this room, has really wound you up. Right, thank you. Now, for those who have not put your hands up, we're going to pray for you that you need a spirit of truth to dawn upon you. A spirit of revelation. And, you know, I can only come to the conclusion that this is how God has ordered it in order for us to grow. Because we grow, very often we grow more through adversity, trials and tribulations than we do when everything is going hunky-dory. And so just think, that person in the church who winds you up, God has placed them there to wind you up. And the person you need to turn to in order to take your complaint is not the eldership, but Jesus. (laughs) If someone, you you go to Jesus, don't bother me with it. I've got enough people who wind me up. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church because this is the community of Jesus Jesus that will radiate his goodness to the world. You know, we are a really strange group, aren't we? We, we are. I mean, you know, you have the rich and you have the not so rich. They have the very well educated and dare. I, I'm not even going to mention how many people with doctorates we have among us. I just, I mean, you could shake a stick at it. Good old northern term. But, you know, there is as many as the pebbles on the seashore. I'm being poetic now, it's really good. But there are also those among us who are less academically able. There are those among us who struggle with the basics. There are those among us who struggle with so many things that others find easy. But Jesus said, I am going to put you through, I am going to put you together in my community, because I am building my church, and your place within that is a vital as anyone else's. Do not let the devil 
whisper the lie into your spirit that you are not needed in the church. Now I'm talking about this community. Local church. Because we're building local church with a world vision. And so we have many nations and it could be saying, oh well, you know, my nation is poorly represented. I need to go somewhere. No, no. We need all of the nations represented here among us because that is the wonderful work that Jesus has done. The rich, the poor, the educated, the uneducated. All together, with all of our faults and sins, we come together because our lives are united and one in Jesus. Now I came up with this. Sometimes, the church... Now I want... We're very quickly heading into pantomime season. So I I need congregational participation here. Sometimes, the church... Now, if you're a visitor here, you may wonder what you've come into. (laughs) Sometimes it's worse. But when we look at... um, I've lost the train of thought all together. Just a minute, we'll uh, get rid of those. Get rid of those. Right. Sometimes... Now here we go now. Sometimes the church is a mess. Sometimes the church looks like a muddle. It's always a miracle. Do you like that? If you're taking notes, please. Mess, muddle, miracle. But we are a miracle of God's grace as we come together. That is the only reason that we, that's the only explanation we can have for us gathering here in groups across the uh, area on a weekday basis. The only reason we do it is because Jesus has performed a miracle in us through us, bringing us together, and He wants every one of us to be engaged in this community or the community of a local church. Engagement in local church is an inherent part of being a Christian according to the New Testament pattern. The New Testament never mentions the word, I've had this down through the years, it never mentions the word membership. You can't find the word membership. But it does expressly challenge people to belong to a community. Now if you read Hebrews chapter 13, there are a couple of verses here which are, which point to the fact that every one of us needs to belong to a local church. And the first is Hebrews 13, 7. It says this, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Now it says imitate their faith. Not other things. Imitate their faith. Remember your leaders. Now, Hebrews 13, that same chapter, verse 17, it says, in, in one particular version, it says, have confidence in your leaders. And to be honest, if you're part of a local church and you do not have confidence in your leaders, you're stupid. Serious? Now, that is a technical term. It comes it from it, it comes from the Greek, and the Greek means stupid. Now, the many versions do not translate it in terms of have confidence. They translate it in terms of obey. Obey your leaders and submit to the, their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. 
And this is my favourite bit. Do this so their work will be a joy, not a burden. Hey! For that would be of no benefit to you. In order to fulfil the requirements of those two very important verses, one thing is required, that you know who your leaders are. And it's so easy for us to read over these passages without actually coming to terms with what it says. It's saying, you need to know who your leaders are. You need to know who those are who are giving an account for your life. You need to know who is responsible before you, God, before you in God. You need to know, and that speaks of local church. That speaks of the many local churches throughout this nation. The same scripture applies. Jesus wants everyone to be fully committed and engaged in the life of the local church because that is where we belong and that is where we grow. That's the way he, he planned it. I might not have planned it like that, but Jesus did. The community, sometimes a muddle, sometimes a mess, but always a miracle. Now this morning you may wonder how we're going to get around to commissioning Liam and Bethany as they go off on the next stage of their journey with Jesus. And because it's the place of the local church to raise up people who will go beyond the local into the national the international in order to reach the nations. But it's all done through the local church. So we set up a group within the church called Emmanuel Global Reach, headed up by Helen and Angus. And in, under the banner we say that we will school, send and support those going to the nations. School, send and support. But just let me take a couple of minutes out. Because I want to add another S to this. School, send and support is only possible if some stay. And there seems to be this thing growing up, and this is not... Liam and Bethany, you're leaving. I don't care whether you speak to me again. <laughs> right? But the call to stay is no less important than the call to go. We can only send if there are those to do the sending. We can only support if there are those here who can do the supporting. We can only school if there is a community committed to training and schooling and sending people to the nations. So your call to stay here in Durham is as important in the things of God as any call to go to the nations. Never let the devil con you into thinking that it is a second class call to stay where you are. Some people are called to stay where they are. And others are called not to stay where they are. And this morning we are going to be praying with Liam and Bethany as they head to the next part of their journey with Jesus. But they're doing this as part of their call in Jesus. A unique call. Because Liam and Bethany are unique. And they've got a unique call. 
And we're also very privileged this morning that we have Abdullah and Nam with us, who have... There's two ways of looking at this. The one is the spiritual way that says they have been instruments in the call of God upon Liam and Bethany's life. There is the other sort of more fleshly way, which I am very often inclined towards, that they've stolen them. <laughs> Another S. Another S! Oh! We're on a roll here, Joe. Another... We're on a roll. Because... Humanly speaking, I do not think anyone should leave Durham. No. I don't think anyone should leave. You should all stay. But, Abdullah and Nam, I'm going to blame you, Nam, as, as, as well, because I've never spoken to you, so I can blame you lots. But it's, this morning we have the privilege, and I think this is possibly the first time we've done this with an Emmanuel, where we can commission someone and we have someone here who will be receiving them from us. So we hand them on in the certain knowledge that God's hand is upon them, that they will be nurtured, and that Birmingham, where they are going to, is not their final destination. And I don't mean heaven. <laughs> There's a few destinations. So I'm asking if Liam and Bethany, if you will come out. Abdullah, Nam, if you will come out, please. Because this is, this morning I'm wanting to really just point us to the importance of belonging to local church. If you are not formally part of us here in Manuel, I would ask that you come, see, see Ian, and talk through. I'm giving you a job to do, yes. Because we want you to be part of us in order that we might press on together in all that God has got for us. We have a big vision for this building, for the community in this building. But that is just, that's just the start of what God has got for us. Now, Liam, are you going to start by just sharing very briefly what God has called you to? Great. Um, thanks for the warning. <laughs> yep. Um, so we... Training. It's training, Liam. <laughs> training. So Bethany and I feel a real heart for unreached people, so people who have never had the opportunity to hear the gospel. And that grew into, um, through global reach to the nations and the unreached and Muslim people, Middle East, etc., etc. But we just felt a real heart to go. Um, and then when we were in South Africa, we met Abdullah over here and gave us the opportunity to go to Birmingham to church plant, which was not on our radar, honestly. That was something we hadn't thought about, but just felt God say go, and that was a stepping stone into going to the unreached in the nations. So that is our heart, what we're doing. Thank you. Bethany, do you want to share anything? Why you married him? <laughs> anything like that? Because God told me to, and I love you. <laughs> Anyhow. <Good answer. laughs> oh, oh, honestly, we've been so blessed by being here, and so blessed by the community we've had in Emmanuel, and all that we've learned, and how we've grown and been equipped. And we just really want to say thank you to everyone um, who's been a part of our lives here, and uh, who's prayed for us, and supported us, and smiled at us, and waved, and said thank you. And um, well, I'm saying thank you. That's what I'm trying to say. Anyway, yeah. That's what I wanted to say. Thank you, guys. Abdullah, your turn. 
Ooh. Ask for forgiveness first. <laughs> uh, morning, everyone. Great to be here. And uh, I mean, there are so many things going on in my head, what to share, what not to share. But one of the things is that I have not been to a Sunday morning place, uh, Sunday morning church, where it's been more fun than this. So ah. thank you so much. Hopefully that's my forgiveness. <laughs> but it's amazing to see how God has been, God gives the grace and then he makes the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in South Africa, well, I had no idea about going again for church planting because we had just moved to Birmingham last year. And uh, at that point of time in South Africa a few months ago when when God started speaking to me about church planting and, and asked me to go and speak to Liam and Bethany, I said, Lord... I will look so foolish at this point because I have absolutely nothing, no idea where or how or this and that. God said, just go and speak to them. And here we are today, standing with these guys into stepping as they step into all that God is calling them to be. So, massive privilege for us to be able to be here and support these guys and stand with them. So, thank you so much for... Go on now, you, you've got half an hour for a good sermon, you get a half hour sermon in. Thank you, good morning. Um, just such a, such a joy to have these lovely couple join us in this task that Jesus tells us to do. And yeah, in Christ together we journey. Yeah. Thank you, thank you so much. Oh. You can come back. You're much briefer than he is. You can. Now, can we just have them standing out here in the middle? Can you just come out here, Abdul announced? Because we have people among us who have walked this path before or are walking this path even as we speak. So I'd like Angus and Helen. Now, they've had no warning. So Angus and Helen, I'd like you to come out. Stephen and Acklin, if you will come out. George and Alison, Jeremy and Laura, Andres and Brenda. These are all people, if you don't know them, these are all people who have worked and will be working into the nations. Now I would like you to, can you stand forward so we, people can get around you. We have many, many nations represented here. And these folks... One of the things that is the testimony of these experienced missionaries is they have stood the test of time. Some more time than others. But their testimony is to the faithfulness of God. So I'm going to ask if in this commissioning that three or four of you can just pray over them and then Abdullah I would like you just to round off please after we've had three or four because this is a handing over this is a commissioning in Jesus for his plans and purposes to be fulfilled a local church but reaching the nations that's fantastic right just stretch wherever you are just stretch your hand out towards them Yes, Lord, we remember the student weekend away when Abdullah was speaking and Keith said, let's take up an offering and we'll give half of it to uh, the church plant in Birmingham, a seed gift. And that's grown, Lord, and we're now giving uh, dear Leah... 
and Bethany. We're giving them of our best uh, to Abdullah and Amrata. And Lord, we thank you for the privilege that we've had of having Liam and Bethany amongst us. What amazing son and daughter in Christ they are to us. And we um, happily and with joy uh, commit them uh, to you and, and hand them over to the Birmingham team. Lord, their second house, second uh, part of that team. We pray that that team will grow and that they will become seven, the seven units that they are praying for. But Lord, we are praying now for Liam and Bethany that you would um, join them in the spirit to Abdullah and Namrata yes. and the team there. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Jesus, that we are united in the Holy Spirit. We thank you that as we commission Liam and Bethany, we commission them to you. We thank you that their fruit will be our fruit. Their blessing is our blessing. Uh, Their riches are our riches. Lord, we thank you that we are united as a community of believers. And so we bless you in the name of Jesus to be fruitful. We bless you in the name of Jesus to multiply. We bless you in the name of Jesus to be anointed anointed by the Holy Spirit to bring people into the kingdom of God with the help of our Lord. And we bless you to be filled to the fullness of Christ and overflowing in riches and goodness and love and mercy and kindness, humility and gentleness, self-control. Lord, we bless this couple, we bless these two couples to be a beacon of light in Birmingham, Birmingham, Lord Jesus. And we bless them as well to be filled and enriched with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, anointed by the Holy Spirit, to do signs and wonders in the name of Jesus, to see people healed and delivered and uh, uh, restored in Jesus' name. And we bless you that that blessing will be our blessing, and we look forward, Jesus, in faith to all the stories that we will hear coming out of this church plant for your glory and your name's sake. Amen. How lovely on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, proclaiming peace and announcing news of happiness. Our God reigns. Yeah, Jesus, we want to thank you for um, for your love for us. We thank you that you have told us to go into all the world and to make disciples. Um, and you've told us to teach them to obey. And I thank you for this couple and how they have learned to obey you. Uh, that they have learned to listen to your call and to go where you send them. And we thank you for the promise that you will be with us always. And we ask for your presence just to come and fill them that they would have such a sense of your closeness and that they would be led by you in a way they've never known before, that there would be a a new drawing, that they would be drawn to you. Lord, even in this uh, period of waiting, that this wouldn't be a period of um, just where they feel like they're wasting time, but this be a period of drawing close to your heart and hearing your voice. Let them lean in close and know your closeness. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Father, we also want to pray as a a church community together and ask, Lord, for a job 
for Liam, a job for Bethany, Lord, that you would provide everything they need. Father, we ask that you would um, guide them about the timing when they move up from Taunton into Birmingham. Lord, would you provide them with a house? And Lord, we're really asking for more to join this this plant. And Lord, that you would set up and join hearts together and bring the gift mix, Lord, into this, this plant. Father, we just commit them into your loving hands. We will miss them very much. But Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. Father, I want to thank you, Lord, for the generosity of your kingdom. Father, you are a generous, generous father. Thank you for Emmanuel Durham. Thank you for your hand over them. Lord Jesus, as we receive Liam and Bethany, Lord God, for your purposes, we pray, Lord God, that you will add many more into Emmanuel. As they give one couple, Lord God, ten more would be added to their strength, Lord Jesus. We pray blessing over Emmanuel as they have given sacrificially. More will be added to them. And Father, from this place, Lord, we want to live with our eyes fixed on you, Jesus, to make your name known among the nations, starting from Birmingham, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Be with us, lead us, guide us, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Let's stand together. We're going to end by just celebrating together. Because Jesus said, I will build my church. And we are part of that building. Right.